Hola mi gente, this is your girl V with another episode. I hope you have had a wonderful week. It is my Sunday today and was just thinking about everything that I have shared and your feedback and I just want to thank everyone for allowing me to share and also be able to be genuine. I really do like to be real with people. Sometimes we see people and we think that they have it all together, they are so bold and they're so courageous, but we have no idea what they're actually going through on a day-to-day basis. So this is why I love what I'm doing so that others can see like, wow, you know, even she has problems and she seems so confident. However, she has been through stuff and has made a choice to press forward. And so it was just so good to hear from some of you and just to see how it's been encouraging to you and also to see how some of you are just being absolutely supportive and I love that. I'm so for it. So I also want to say that I'm working on a few things. One of them is working on not saying um so much. So I apologize for the last episode. I just have to say that. And I know that's part of my perfectionism. I want it to be so perfect. I want it to be just for it to just flow. I don't want any flaws in it. But if I'm going to be real, there are going to be times where I have to stop and process things. And I will say that. Um, So and so I'm going to try to work on that so hard. So forgive me as I work on that. But I just want to tell you, like, thank you so much, though, for listening. And also, I want to do a shout out to my son. He is one of my biggest fans and I love him. And I was talking to him because some of you don't know, I was a teenage mom. And so I I may share that someday, my story on that, because it is not easy. But I told him, hey, we should do one where we ask, you know, the 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 children that were raised by these these teenage moms and dads to see, you know, what kind of feedback we get from them and it's like hey how are you guys doing because teenagers raised you (laughs) that cannot be good so anyways we had a good conversation about that and he just always gives me some tips and stuff and I I love that I love that our relationship has grown so son I love you so much thank you for being such a big uh, supporter of your mom I really love that. You have no idea how happy that makes me. So I'm going to stop talking about him because then I'll start crying. I love you, baby. And um, let's talk about today's episode. I want to talk about ties. And I thought about there are different ties that we can have in our lives. And ties, I mean like connections. And it can be to people. It can be to situations. Anything that your heart, your emotions, your mind tie to and don't want to let go of. And I thought about relationship ties, but since we're talking about trauma and we're talking about how it has affected our lives, our actions, our behaviors, I wanted to continue to talk about ties to pain. Sometimes we want to keep those ties. Sometimes we become friends with those painful ties. And I was thinking like, you know, well, is pain a friend or is it a foe? It can be both. It can totally be both. It can be a friend in the sense where when you feel pain, you know that something is not right. And it can be a foe because it can do so many negative things to you when you do experience pain. So it's one of those things like that we can't avoid. You know, it's it's 
like I said in the first episode, trauma is something that we can't avoid. It's something that's going to happen to all of us, unfortunately. And in a perfect world, yes, we would be able to shield people from trauma, but that doesn't happen. And honestly, everything that occurs in our lives, good and bad, even the everyday things, the small decisions we make, or the little decisions that, that other people around us make that affect us, all of that as a whole, put all together, everything around you, the neighborhood you grew up in, the, the status of your parents, the way that they talk to you, the way that you're, you know, the peers that you chose, all those things, even the relationships you're in, all of those things make up for who you are. So that's why we have to really consider and think about what kind of things do I allow in my life? What am I tied to? What connections do I have to certain experiences in my life or to certain people and why? And are they beneficial? Are they going to take me towards the goal that I have? And right now we're talking about healing. And if we want to heal and we want to get to a place of wholeness, we have to look at those things. We have to take into consideration the people that are around us, the people we give access to, because not everyone needs to have access to you. And I have been learning that. I've been learning that so much, how it is so true. Not everyone needs to have access to you. Sometimes you have to say no and be okay with it. Or maybe you're not okay with it, but you have to say no and walk away before you change your mind because you are a big old people pleaser and pushover, right? So sometimes you have to just like, my answer is no, walk away and like, you know, silence your phone for a little bit so you don't cave into their please 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 they're begging they're trying to convince you make you feel guilty you know kind of thing so uh, i just want you to think about that think about those ties think about every single person you have in your life right now think about why they're there are they there because they're related to you because they're you know you have your parents you have siblings if they're still around you have maybe a significant other, maybe you're a parent, so you have children, maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you have some friends that are close to you. What kind of relationships are those and why do you have them? What is the connection you have with those relationships that you do keep, right? So that is something that it's important to think about that and consider it and see how those relationships affect your way of thinking, Right. So if you are friends with someone that is always miserable, well, guess what? Eventually you will probably feel the same way. And maybe that's why you get stuck in certain mindsets, because all you have around you is negativity. That is not going to work. That's not going to help you get to your healing place. And one of the biggest things that I realized about myself and with healing and becoming whole in this journey is you have to start off with a desire to be whole. You have to have a desire to be healed. Until you have a desire to get better, you're not going to get anywhere. Because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of learning. And my goodness, it takes a lot of unlearning. And you're like, what do you mean unlearning? I have to unlearn old habits. I have to unlearn old reactions, old responses, or lack of. You know, sometimes I would just ignore things and they would just get worse and worse and worse because I didn't want to deal with them. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about those ties uh, to pain and why do we keep them. And I'm going to share just from observation, 
right? Because remember I told you I'm not a professional here. I'm just a person that has gone through experiences that were not so pleasant. And I've had some good ones too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like this miserable person. Do not feel sorry for me. I am a very happy person who is in the healing process. So that means that sometimes I am sad. Sometimes my heart hurts. As a matter of fact, right now, my heart is extremely tender. So any little thing that I hear that is sad, I will start crying, okay? So y'all bear with me. Because so, <laughs> your girl is in a place where her heart is healing. But in order to get to the next level of healing, I have to process the pain that I have in my heart. So that's something that I'm going to touch on, right? So let's see. Ties to people, to pain, to a situation, to your past. Why? Why do we do that? You might ask yourself, why am I holding on to this old relationship? Me and this guy, we broke up, I don't know, a year ago. And I still think about him and he's still on my mind. Or I went through this situation. I went through this child abuse and I can't let it go. I stay in that place. And it's like, why? Why do you want to stay in that place that caused you so much pain? And sometimes we get stuck in that place. And it's like, why do we do that? I always ask myself some, you know, because I do that sometimes. Sometimes I'll catch myself where I'm holding on to something that I should really let go. And I actually had something brought to my attention this this week, uh, a couple of days ago, or maybe like, let's say, Thursday, I believe is when it really hit me. And I just felt a little tugging in my heart, but I didn't understand what, right? And so like I told you, I pray. And finally, it hit me. And it was like, oh my gosh, I've been holding on to this anger and this pain for a situation that happened over 20 years ago. And I, and I know it's over 20 years ago because my grandmother passed away. And it, it's been 20 years now since she passed since I lost her, since she died. And the pain and situation that I'm thinking of happened prior to her dying. And it was something that had to do with her care. You know, most of the time I took care of her, but at some point, you know, we had to take turns and take care of her. And it was a situation that just upset me because I had my way of taking care of her. I did the best I could to make her comfortable. And I don't want to say I spoiled her because I don't think I spoiled her, but maybe just a little bit. But it was just things that just came natural for me to do for her. And it was things that she needed. She didn't try to ask me for too much. So it was a situation that I felt it could have been taken care of better, but it made me angry because it wasn't taken care of the way that I wanted it to be taken care of. And I thought, why am I still holding on to this anger? And more than anything, it hurt my heart. It hurt my heart because I love her. I loved her and I wanted her to be taken care of. And so because I love her, I'm going to take care of her a certain way. And my expectation was that everyone else, because I love her, because V loves her, everyone else better take care of her the way V takes care of her because V loves her, right? And it doesn't work that way. But I had to understand that it's time for me to let go of that anger and that pain. And I will have to forgive those people because it's not like they did it on purpose. It was just, I was not happy with the, the way it went down. And so forgiveness will be something we talk about later on. But 
I was holding on to that pain and I didn't understand why and why it made me so angry. So that's one of the things that happens with pain is sometimes we hold on to it, we suppress it. That's what happens. We suppress the pain that we felt because it's so intense and it stays there and it seems to haunt us without us even knowing because I got triggered by one little thing, you know, and it took me there straight to that place. And, and I felt my first reaction was I felt so angry. I felt so angry. And then all of a sudden I felt so sad. My heart felt so broken because I thought about my grandmother and how she probably felt at that moment. And so I, I realized, hey, you can't control what other people do. You can't make them do what you do. What you choose to do is what you choose to do. And you can't expect other people to, re- to do the same thing in return because we are all different. We all handle things differently. We all handle pain, trauma differently. And so people were also losing my grandmother. It wasn't just me. So I suppressed those, I suppressed that pain and it did turn into anger and it did cause me to treat them differently and it did affect my relationships. And so now I'm at that place where I'm having to go through the process that I'm going to share with you towards the end when I you know, I'm done discussing some of these different ways that we handle pain and different ways that we hold on to pain or stay connected to pain. And um, so, yes, my words were abusive in a sense where they were sarcastic, but it was throwing little stones at them. And this is and I've done this with other situations, too, now that I think about it in a relationship that I was in where he just was did some ugly things to me. His words were ugly. His actions were ugly. And guess what? So were mine. I didn't think so. They were, they were a little subtle, but still a stone is a stone. When you throw it, it's still going to hurt. It's still words. You can't take them back once you say them and your actions or lack of actions also speak volumes. So my actions were speaking anger not so much abuse, but it was, they were speaking anger. They were speaking um, how uncomfortable I was, how unhappy I was. And the other thing that when you do suppress your feelings and you get to that angry place, you will also be unapproachable. That's one of the things that happens as well. When you are tied so deeply to your pain that it makes you so angry and every bit of you speaks, spews out, Anger, your actions, your face, the way you walk, the way you talk, all of those things will make you unapproachable. And then you feel angry because it's like, why is nobody talking to me? Well, because you have made yourself unapproachable. You're a scary person and nobody wants to talk to you. And it could also be other reasons, but we're talking about our individual ties to pain, right? So if you are an angry person and you know that it has to do with trauma that you have experienced, it has to do with some pain that you saw your parents go through or you experienced a loss, a situation didn't go the way you wanted to, someone died in your life and you're angry about it, the anger will cause you to become this unapproachable person that even cuts people off when they don't meet your expectations. So you become so angry and it's like the minute they do one little thing that is not to your liking 
and they could have a hundred things that are wonderful about them. But the minute they do one thing that you dislike, I'm cutting her off. I'm cutting him off. I'm done with him. Uh Uh-uh, it's not going to work. Because you got triggered by that suppressed pain that you have. And so your anger kicks in and you put up, you know, these walls and it's like, nope, you're done here. And you could have just missed out on a wonderful friendship or relationship if you're single. Maybe there was a, you know, this nice guy and you totally just cut that off. You killed the vibe because you're choosing to suppress your pain instead of deal with it. So anger is one of those things that happens to us when we choose to suppress our feelings. Another way that we, or reason, another reason that we hold on to pain, we hold on to that trauma, to that situation, or that person that that was abusive to us, is because it becomes a security blanket to us. Yes, how in the world can abuse or pain become a security blanket? Easy. So easy, you'd be surprised. Because we love the familiar. Anything that's familiar to us, anything that we feel we know it, I'm comfortable with this because I know it. Even though it's not good for me, I know this. I know the cycle. I know what's going to happen. We get He gets angry over this, that, and the third. Yells at me, calls me names says horrible things to me or beats me up. Then he feels so bad about what he did and he buys me flowers, he buys me a ring, he buys me a Louis Vuitton, whatever it is. And then he is sweet to me. That's familiar to me. That's a cycle. I already know what's going to happen next until the next blow up. Sounds horrible. It sounds like a cycle that nobody would want to be in, but the familiar will take you to a place where you become so comfortable even with the things that cause you pain, even with the things that are not good for you. You feel like that's your safe place even though it's really not. It does something to your mental, just the way you think. It affects you in such a way that, you know, you sometimes become shocked. You don't know what to do with the situation. And then if it doesn't change, then all of a sudden you're caught in this situation that becomes your norm. And it's horrible. There there are some instances where you can't control that. For instance, and I know I talk about child abuse a lot, but, but it's true. When you are in a, I guess, let's say not so much child abuse. Let's say when you are put in a position where you're kind of at the mercy of someone else for financial reasons, health reasons, whatever the case uh, may be. You just lost a job and you're having to be, you know, you need help from others and you end up in a situation where it's not healthy for you. And every day there's abuse every day. Someone's throwing in your face how you're a burden, how you aren't good enough, how you will never amount to something and you can't get away from it, right? It becomes familiar to you because that's what you see every single day or maybe see someone else going through that. And like, for instance, if your children grow up in domestic violence and let's say maybe their dad or or the significant other man, woman, whoever it is that you're with, the abuser, let's say they don't abuse the kids, but they're constantly abusing you with your, with their words or physically, emotionally, whatever the case is. 
the children are watching this, even though they aren't being abused in a sense by that abuser, they're still watching it and they're getting used to this. This is what happens every day at home. It's just how it is. And you have no idea that becomes familiar to them. Then they, they might end up when they grow up in relationships where they become the abuser or they marry or hook up with, get involved with an abuser because that's familiar to them. That's the only way they're comfortable. And maybe that's what happened to you. Maybe that's why you are in the situation you're in because that's what you're familiar. That's what you saw your parents go through or that's what you saw your dad go through with every single girlfriend he had or your mom with every boyfriend she had, whatever the case is. And it becomes, it can also become, because it's so familiar, it becomes a part of your identity. That is so crazy, right? It becomes a part of who you are. And sometimes we'll hold on to that. We'll hold on to that pain. We'll hold on to that way of thinking, that way of life, because it's part of who we are. And maybe if we let it go, we won't know who we are anymore. And not knowing who you are is one of the scariest things for people. At least that's how I feel. I remember not wanting to let go of my last relationship because that's all I knew. That's what I knew for 12 years. And I loved the man. And it got to a very unhealthy place. It was horrible. He was no good for me anymore. And the thing is that it happened little by little by little. It just kept getting worse and worse, the situation, until... At the end, when I finally, okay, actually, when I finally walked away, I realized, oh my gosh, I did not know that I was in a crazy abusive cycle. And it's sad that it took me having to get away from that to realize that. Now, of course, the whole time was not horrible, but towards the end, it really got pretty ugly. And I didn't want to let go because that was part of who I was, not so much the pain, but that person, what I was to him, a wife, a stepmom, you know, we did everything together. I didn't want to let go of that. And I felt like, who am I going to be after that's gone? I felt like I'm losing everything. Who am I going to be after that? And so it can become part of your identity and you're afraid to let it go because you won't know who you are. Now, another thing is you may be afraid of the unknown. Like I told you earlier, you're going to have to unlearn some things and learn new things. And that's not always easy, especially when we're talking about getting healed. It's not easy. We are afraid of the unknown because the pain, we know it. We know, we know what happens when the pain comes. We know that it'll be okay in a little bit, right? We make these excuses. And by nature, like I said, we stick to the familiar. We stick to what we know. And sometimes avoid what we don't know. When what we don't know can be something amazing, something wonderful. It could be a life that we could never imagined. So it does take courage to walk away from that pain. To walk away from what's familiar to you. That even though it's been a part of you all this time, it takes courage to finally say, even though I may not know who I am after I walk away from this pain, I am ready to heal and I want to be brave and I want to be better for myself. I want to love me, whoever it is that I am. I want to find out and I want to love me. It is scary. It's not easy, but it is so very possible. 
it is so very possible. And I can't tell y'all enough, like, I could not do this by myself. Some people tell me, how in the world do you find the strength, you know? Excuse me, hold on. People ask me, how do you find the strength? The only thing I can tell you is God. That's the only thing I can tell you. He has been my strength. My children as well. And my grandkids. And the people around me that I love that look up to me. I want my kids to see not just the strong parts of me. But I love that they were able to see me go through that situation. And I know they hated it. They hated that I went through such pain, through such heartache. They hated it. But honestly, it was good that they saw that mom has a heart and mom's heart gets broken too. But not only did they get to see that, and they saw me like at my worst, but they also got to see mom rise up. They also got to see mom say, you know what? It, it knocked me down, but I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up because I have so much to live for. And that's something that I want to share about part of the healing, part of the uh, being whole is focusing on that. So I don't want to jump to that yet. Let me stay focused here. So the other reason why we hold on to pain is because it becomes a form of manipulation. Some people that have experienced trauma, have experienced loss, have experienced such a tremendous heartache will use it to manipulate people. They develop a victim mentality. Now, I was sharing with my friend. Here's my thoughts on victims, right? When something happens to you and you have no control over that, you're a victim of that situation. It happened to you. Now, when you continue to choose to stay in that situation, and of course, by all means, do not get me wrong, because I know with domestic violence and other abusive situations where your life is in danger, it's a little bit different. But I'm talking about, let's say, a relationship that is very toxic. And uh, it could be with a family member. It could be with somebody you're involved with. It could be a friendship. A toxic situation that you choose to continue to stay. At that point, you become a volunteer. You go from being a victim to being a volunteer, right? So that's something you got to think about. But let's get back to the victim mentality. Victim mentality is a very selfish place to be in. We see people with victim mentality and they make you feel so sorry for them. They only care about themselves. And it, I I just can't deal with victim mentality. People that have that victim mentality, I'm sorry, it irks me. I cannot, I cannot deal with that because I feel like, You are capable of doing things for yourself. And also it's because I fell for that. I fell for victim mentality uh, manipulation at one point and it just did not go well for me. However, the person with victim mentality, that's what they do. That's who they are. She got what she needed and left me with a mess to clean up pretty much. So victim mentality is something that can become a... a reason why people hold on to pain because they use it as a way of manipulation. They will feel special, right? They'll feel special from others feeling sorry for them. It's insane. Me personally, I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. Yeah, have compassion for me. Don't get me wrong. And I'm such a, sometimes such a, like, I want to get up and get past it. And I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. But I mean, compassion is different. 
I don't want you to totally think like, oh, what's Viola? She's so strong. She'll get over it. She's fine. Just just leave her alone. She'll be okay. No, I mean, have some compassion for me, guys. I have a heart, okay? <laughs> like, come on. But what I'm saying is feeling sorry for someone. Don't ever put yourself in that situation because these people that use their pain as manipulation, they feed off of that. They feed off of you feeling sorry for them. And they also use it as a way to manipulate you to do things for them out of the pity, out of the kindness of your heart. And most of the time it's out of your, the kindness of your heart. They, they tend to see people that are very giving and generous and caring and they go after those people because they know that those people are going to do things for them and they will wear out that person every single resource that they can get out of that person that's generous these victim mentalities these manipulating people will drain it out of you and once you have nothing else to give or once you finally pick up on the fact that hey this person is manipulating me into doing all these things for her and making me feel sorry for him or her i need to stop and the minute you stop oh my god goodness you see a totally different person they will lash out at you they will say you are the worst person in the world and they will begin to make you feel bad and make you feel like you have no idea what they have gone through and how dare you treat them that way and if you knew what it was like to be in their situation and they will just turn it around on you as if you are such a horrible person because you stop feeling sorry for them and you stop being manipulated by them Another reason that people hold on to pain is because it gives them power or control over situations and over people. So they turn this into, it falls under being a, a, a defense mechanism as well, putting up walls, right? But they will, in a sense, punish themselves or continue to remind themselves of the pain that they went through so they don't fall for it again. They will constantly keep it in the front of their mind. Like they will keep it so easily accessible to remind themselves. Like I'm not going to get close to a person ever again because so-and-so did this to me and I'm not going to fall for it again. A mí no me van a ser tonta otra vez. No me va a pasar, right? They get all like, nah, I'm not falling for it again. And so in a sense, they kind of punish themselves if they do fall for that. If they do, it's like, Tonta, ¿por qué lo hiciste ya? You know, like they will just go off on themselves. They will punish themselves. And sometimes it's part of that power, that control over the pain. That if I have more control, more power, then no one else can hurt me. And I'm not going to allow that person to hurt or these, this type of person to ever come into my life again. Another way that pain is used as control or power is to punish other people, to punish that abuser, that person that cheated on you, that that rebellious child that, you know, whatever the situation was, you will use it. Well, remember when you did this to me in 1957, whatever the heck, you know, I'm just saying a random year. I know that's like a long time ago, but still remember what you did to me in 2015. Well, I still do. And they will use it against you and they will punish you for that one time that you made that one mistake, that one decision. And they will hold it over you forever. That's another reason. It's a power trip. It's control. And they will hold on to that pain, that situation, that trauma, just because they want to have that power over you. And it's a way of lashing back at you because it's like, okay, you did this to me. All right, I got you. And they will hold it over you for the rest of your life if you allow them to, right? So all those things are very negative ways 
another way that people deal with pain is they become rebellious and they will do and even be self um, destructive and they will do things that it's like I don't care and they know it's not good for them but they know that it hurts the people around them that love them and they will do things that may even put them in a place of danger because they're hurting so badly but they suppressed it and now they're just being rebellious because they want to they want you to hurt the way they hurt even though it's putting them in a dangerous situation right so those are reasons why we hold on to pain and we don't know sometimes we don't understand that or don't realize that we're doing it but we need to stop and if you continue to live this way with the regrets with the anger with the power uh, or the control the manipulation and also keeping yourself in a situation just because it's familiar. You're going to have so many regrets in your life. And you will even burn bridges because people are not going to trust you. Nobody wants to be around somebody that continues to feel sorry for themselves. That keeps themselves in certain situations. And refuses to grow. Refuses to get to a place that is good for you. You're the only one that can initiate, engage in that healing process for you. No one else can do it for you. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you that if the abuser started doing all these things for you, the person that broke your heart, if they started to do everything perfectly right, that it would just heal your heart and you would be better than you were before. But is that is not the case. That is not reality. No one can come and fix you. You have to put in that work. You have to choose wholeness. And the minute that you decide that you want to get better, that is the exact moment that you will begin this process. And that is when things will begin to happen for you. And you may feel like, well, I don't know. I'm making a decision. I want to get better, but I don't know what to do next. I wish I had all the answers for you, but I don't. I don't have all the answers for you. However, I can tell you some of the things that have helped me get through this pain. And like I was telling you earlier, I'm processing some pain right now, some anger from something that happened 20 years ago. Well, number one, I had to acknowledge the pain I was feeling. Instead of just being angry, I had to acknowledge that I was hurting, that my heart was hurting for the situation. And I had to refuse to suppress that pain that the moment that it surfaced, I had to acknowledge it. I had to acknowledge like, hey, this really did hurt my heart. I'm not going to suppress it. It's already on the surface. Let's let's face it. Let's deal with it. Even though it hurts, even though it's making me cry, even though it's making my heart so tender, it doesn't matter. I'm going to face it. So number two, you have to be present in that pain. You have to be present in the pain that you are feeling right at that moment. And you have to face it. You can't push it away anymore. Not only do you have to face it, you have to process it process the pain. It's okay to cry. It's okay to feel angry over it. It's okay to feel like you're not sure, but you got to process it. You have to, and you also have to understand, understand how it has affected your life. You have to understand that. So when you're present in your pain, you're able to face it. You're able to process it and, and it will give you an understanding of how it has affected your life. And maybe that will push you into understanding why there has to be a change. And that leads to the next thing is you have to choose to let it go. You have to finally say, even though this pain has been a part of me for 20 years, I don't want it anymore. I want to heal from it. I, I'm choosing. I'm choosing to let it go. 
Whatever that means, I will have to talk to my counselor. I will have to pray and ask God to help me. Sometimes it's not easy to do it alone. But sometimes just choosing to finally let it go is enough. Just making the choice. And also understanding that in this process, it's a process. Remember that. It's not going to happen overnight. It is a process. You're going to get triggered by it. And the thing is that the pain, if you are truly going through the healing process, the pain should not be as intense as it was when the incident, trauma, disappointment, loss first happened. I hate to say it because I am a competitive person. However, sometimes we just got to accept the L. You know what I'm saying? Accept the loss. Así es la vida. You win some, you lose some. That's how it is. You know what I'm saying? You can't win all the time. Some of us want to. Me. I want to win all the time. But it doesn't happen all the time. So I took a loss. I took a big loss. Trust me, that was not easy to swallow. But I finally learned I had to accept the L. Accept the loss. Cool. I learned from it though. So it wasn't just a loss, it was a learning experience. And with that loss, I learned so much about myself. You also will have to adapt to a new way of life. I had to adapt. My whole life changed. It was different. I wasn't expecting to be single at 46. I think that's how old I am. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to be single at this point. Like I had my whole life planned out and I had trips planned, growing old together. I mean, the works. And here I am. And I had to adapt to the new way of life. And I was sad because I was like, oh, I had all these trips planned. Girl, who said you can't go on those trips just because you ain't married? You better go on those trips by yourself. Or I have, you know, friends that I can go on trips with. So y'all know what? If y'all, you know, need a traveling partner, hit me up, okay? (laughs) And the last one, and that was one of the things that I did bring up a little bit earlier, is appreciate what you still have. Sometimes we get so caught up in what we lost because I felt like that like I lost my family I lost my husband I lost this and and I lost the second income and I'm listing all these things and all these plans that I lost and all these future trips that I lost right I'm thinking all these things right but I had to appreciate and look around at what I had I had a job that was good and now honestly like I, I have this new employer and, and it, it was a really good opportunity. I love it and, and I'm happy. I'm excited. And I don't think that I would be in that situation had all those things not happened to me. And it was something that I had been wanted for, wanting for years. And here I am. But I had to look at what I had, what I still had. Forget what I lost because it's done with. It's gone. I can't bring it back. It's gone. There's nothing I can do to bring it back. But what I still had and still have is I have my children, I have my grandchildren, I have a roof over my head, I have transportation, I have God that is still with me, still holding on to me. I have my mental health, healthy mental health. I have this healing process that I have gone through. I have friends that love me. I am not alone. And And considering what I went through and the losses that I've experienced, I am in a much better place than some other people find themselves after going through such a huge loss. So one of the things that you have to do is celebrate the good things in your life. 
you spend so much time every day focusing on what's going wrong, what didn't go right, that you forget to celebrate all the good things. We need to stop focusing on what we are unhappy about, especially if you're not going to change it. If it's something that you can change, if it's a matter of you changing a habit, changing a the way you do certain things or the, the, the situation you're in, if it's something you have control over, but you continue to just complain about un- how unhappy you are, that's on you, honey. It is totally on you. You're choosing to be in that situation. Now, if you found yourself in a place where it had to do with other people's decisions, things that they did that affected your life, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. But guess what? It's up to you to heal now. I'm sure you wouldn't have chosen to go through that situation. I wouldn't have chosen to go through what I went through the last three years. I wouldn't have chosen that at all. Or three years ago. I don't want to say the last three years because they've been good. I'm saying I wouldn't have chosen the situation I went through and all those losses that I experienced in 2018 because that year was just crazy. 2017, 2018. I never would have chosen that. However, it happened. And I can choose to continue to feel sorry for myself and cry about it. Or I can finally choose to heal from it, to learn from it, to move on and not make the same mistakes and appreciate my life. Because there are some people that didn't wake up today, guys. There are some people that didn't wake up this morning, but you did. That's a gift. What are you going to do with that? I know what I want to do with that. I want to make a difference in this world, but first... I got to make a difference with this person in the mirror, with V. So that's what I want to do. So I'm going to challenge you for this week because I've been giving you all a challenge. I want to challenge you this week to write one good thing at the end of each day. You can share it if you want on Facebook um, or on social media, I should say. Or you can do what I had to do for a while. There was a time in my life where I felt so depressed And I really couldn't see the good things in my life. And my counselor told me to write down one good thing every single day on a little piece of paper, a little notepad, whatever it is. And I had, I, what I did was I made a little box for myself, a cute little box. And every day I would write one good thing, just one good thing that I enjoyed that day. One thing that just felt like a blessing that brought joy to my heart. And I put it in that box. And every day I did that. So on the days that I did not feel good, that I felt sad, I felt depressed, I would grab that box and I would begin to read those good things that I wrote every single day. And it wasn't reading somebody else's um, things that make them feel good. It was things that I wrote myself that were special to me, that made my heart happy and it helped me. So I'm going to encourage you and challenge you to do that this week. It doesn't have to be something you do you know, forever, but if you feel it'll help you, it will give you an attitude of gratitude, why not? It's something good. You know, we do all these other things that aren't good for us. Why not do something that is good for us, right? So I'm going to do the challenge with you. And every day I'm going to write one good thing at the end of the day. And I will put a post on Instagram so that you can write your comments if, you know, you're comfortable. And I don't see why not. You know what? I think that's going to be my challenge. My challenge this week is I'm going to post uh, every day and uh, hopefully you will share your 
good things every day. Let's just, we don't have to wait till November to have an attitude of gratitude, right? We can have that type of attitude every single day of our lives. We should be celebrating our lives because like I said, it's a gift, right? So that is pretty much everything I wanted to share with you today. And I hope that you are enjoying this podcast. Don't forget to hit follow. I'm on Spotify. I'm working on getting on Apple Podcasts, but I am on several other platforms and they are listed on my Instagram account. You can always follow follow me on Anchor on the Anchor app or anchor.fm, which is online. And it's not hard to find. Voice of V. And there's no crazy spelling. It's exactly how it sounds. Voice of V and that's a V-I. Right? So that is it. That's all I have for you folks. I hope you have an amazing week, a wonderful week. I pray that some kind of unexpected blessing comes your way this week. And I hope to hear from you. And this is your amazing, victorious V. Hasta luego, mi gente. Cuídense.